Hello, and welcome to an exciting edition of Bella Hutman's Curse. I am your host, Steve Sutherland. Alongside me is Julian Amarante. Julian, it's been a while. How are you? Uh, I've got a good mortician, you know, helping me get along, uh, putting my back together piece by piece. Uh, yourself, how was your summer? Uh, it was it was eventful. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who uh, who are not uh, friends with us on Facebook, Julian and I both went through uh, a couple different health issues this summer. Julian's, uh, while he doesn't like to blame me specifically for the issue that he had, I definitely helped to exacerbate it. Um, I was in the hospital for about five days uh, as the season was starting, so that's kind of uh, why we've had the delayed start. And Julian's just not really been able to move yeah. at all. Yeah, back issues, uh, stupidity, uh, working out with an injury for four months. I don't advise that to anybody. But uh, we're here and uh, we're alive and uh, we're back. And uh, we're really excited about being back for this season. And uh, we really are going to do our best to be as consistent as possible. Uh, we've got a bunch of things planned. And uh, we're still going to remain uh, uh, on our kind of like same format and uh, our philosophy still remains the same as trying to be a very popular participatory podcast. We've already contacted a few of you uh, about uh, appearing in the future. Um, and uh, we, uh, have hoping, we hope to have some special things for you. They're in the works right now. As soon as uh, they're available, we will let you know about them. Uh, Steve, uh, let's take this off. All right. So something that different that we're going to try, and please leave us your feedback when uh, when you do get a chance to listen to this podcast, is we're going to talk about kind of two or three of the ma uh, major themes that have emerged at the uh, over the last week or two because we've been gone. So, Julian, uh, the first issue that we wanted to kind of get into this time uh, was the racism in Italy. Yeah, that's one of the big stories we wanted to discuss. Um, it's obviously getting out of hand. Uh, and it's funny because it seems to be a wall that just seems to be unpenetrable. Uh, there's no logic to it in these Trumpian times. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, uh, people will turn black into white, uh, up into down, uh, the sky, uh, into, into land. Um, I mean, some of the things that we heard, for example, from the Inter Ultras, as they sent this message out after the Cagliari incident with Lukaku, saying that they understood uh, why Cagliari would make such remarks uh, to get an edge, and uh, they kind of applauded their Ultras for behaving that way. I mean, it's really, it, 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 it's it's absurd and obscene, I mean, that, that, that we really are at this level. Now, it's not that we're trying to single out Italy here because the issues seem to just, they're happening everywhere. Obviously, the, the issues of uh, homophobia in France have been well documented uh, over the first couple weeks of the league. But I think the interesting thing that we need to talk about is uh, how the leagues uh, differ in their responses to dealing with uh, the social issues that are happening around the game. Whereas France, you'll see games just get stopped. And I think they're supposed to be doing that in Italy, is my understanding. But it seems that France and other leagues, uh, England, will ban fans from being in the stadium. Italy does not seem to be taking really 
any type of action against supporters groups no, when these things happen. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really unsettling in the sense that, I mean, you're right. I mean, first of all, let me say it is unsettling in the sense that hardly anybody sees this as a problem, particularly in Italy, uh, among, among fan bases. I mean, uh, uh, there, there seem, of course, I mean, there, there are people who are completely, you know, outraged by this and, and rightfully so. But I mean, at the same time, I don't think there's any, I mean, I think that there's a real void here. Uh, and I think that this is something that the international agencies like UEFA, Common Bowl, or even FIFA have a role to play here in terms of setting up rules. I mean, they've set up this VAR thing. I don't understand why they literally don't suspend matches. I mean, uh, this is something, even the English, you know, uh, in many ways, uh, I mean, sure, they have uh, these safeguards where they ban individual fans or groups, but they, they still, you know, they still make an allowance for it, right? You know, the abuse is still there. You know, Sterling has talked about it. Uh, some of the other players have talked about some of the abuse that they've been subjected to. I mean, personally, myself, I mean, I, I think that when it gets to the stage that we saw in Cagliari and actually Verona, on, on Sunday with Kessier uh, in, in the game between Milan and Verona. Uh, I mean, I really think that, like, the measures that have to be taken here is that the game must probably, at the very least, the game should be suspended. And I think there should be, like, penalties in terms of points, but I think I'm dreaming in technicolor, and I think I'm expecting too much from these organizations. Well, it's interesting that you brought up Sterling, because Sterling's is an interesting case, because it's not just fans that have... It's gone after him. It's been very much the media, media and yeah. specifically Sun. Yeah, with a lot of coded messaging, you know. I mean, and 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 it's it's a, it's you know it's it's really disgusting. Uh, Nikki Bandini has been writing a lot of this stuff um, on her uh, uh, Twitter feed, and she seems to come up with some really really interesting uh, analysis about this. But I mean, you know, my answer is. Probably would, are, are, you know, I think the leagues have to be draconian when they have to do this. And I think that, you know, when you get a situation like we saw in Cagliari or in, uh, you know, some of the games that go on in Russia, I think literally, the, you know, uh, the, 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 the offending fans, I mean, the game should be suspended and, I mean, there should be a point penalty. That's the way I see it. But I don't think we'll reach that point uh, anytime soon. So in MLS, we've seen a little bit of the flip side, right? Yeah. So Portland and Seattle have had both of their more ardent left-wing supporter groups, uh, the Iron Front, kicked out of their stadiums over the last two games. Seattle fans and Portland fans, two teams that it's probably one of the best derbies in North American soccer right now, uh, LA and LA being there as well. But both of their fans did... uh, full 33 minutes of silence in one of the games together in solidarity. So you're now seeing left-wing fans like Antifa fans being kicked out for any type of political messaging. So do you think maybe it's gone too far in, like, is it too far in MLS? Like, are they going too far? In the I, I don't know. Direction? I mean, my personal comments on the Antifa thing with regards to the Portland uh, fans, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe I'm going to, uh, uh, pisses some people off, but I don't really care. I think anti-fascism is like the default setting. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you don't have to declare yourself anti-fascism. That's the default setting. 
anti-fascism. How could you be for fascism or see fascism as part of any kind of plurality? I don't understand. So, I mean, I really don't understand why MLS, because, you know, the MLS is all about business and they want to keep things nice and, uh, you know, antiseptic and make sure that there's no political messaging. Um, you know, we haven't seen the kind of racism in MLS that we've seen in continental Europe or, or in the UK. But I go back to my, my, my point. There has to be some kind of punishment system here. Okay. And, and, I, and I don't see anybody coming together on this. And I mean, I wish that the players, in my opinion, uh, of course, they, they, would, they, they, would be, they would be penalized by their own clubs and by, by the leagues. But, you know, uh, if I was the Inter players, after that goal that Lukaku scores in the penalty kick, you know, of course, they would lose the three points, but I would pull the team off the field. But, you know, of course, that's just me. But, and, you, you know, that given the competitive pressures in football, find me one, one coach or one manager or one team that would, that would condone this kind of behavior in terms of solidarity. I mean, I have, I have the answers, what I think are the answers for myself. I don't think they'll be applied. You know, I think when it comes to racism in football, there should be zero tolerance. End of story. But we're, you know, we're seeing business interests supersede the questions of uh, morality. And I, I think at the same time, uh, we're dealing with people who have a 1920s mentality who are basically leading this game. So, uh, you know, in this regard, uh, we can hope for, uh, uh, you know, we can only hope for the best. You know, expect the worst, but hope for the best. Uh, the other issue that uh, we're going to wrap this up. I'm sure we can talk about this for a very long time. But the other issue I want to kind of uh, bring up is this kind of looming financial crisis that is going to take place. I said going to take place as though it is in uh, English. Well, it is taking place, but I think it's actually going to become a problem. The looming financial crisis that we're going to probably see in English football, uh, particularly out of the championship and, you know, uh, and I would say teams going down. We saw it exemplified with uh, Bolton Wanderers who seem to be bailed out at the last minute. And after, what is it, 115 or 105 years? It's 115. Yeah, 115 years, we see the football club, the Bury, out. Completely. No, it actually sounds like Bury will be allowed back in next year. Yeah. Some but what a travesty. Miracle. What yeah. a travesty. I mean, just to give a little bit of background, um, the, the, the way my read on the situation is I'm reading is we're watching a lot of financial rules being broken and or they just don't exist. And what we see is a lot of championship clubs who see the lottery of getting into the premiership because it is going to be a big payout if you get promoted. Just dumping. Well, Huddersfeld. Yeah. So they released all of the TV dollars, just TV dollars. That they that, received. And Huddersfeld made more money than Juventus did last year. Yeah, that, this is unbelievable. And, and so you know that the financial boon is there. So you're getting all these kind of sketchy characters buying football clubs or throwing financial uh, 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 money in a very, or throwing money at their clubs in the championship in the hope that they'll get promoted to the premiership. And they're just violating every principle of good faith and everything. And you're finding these, like, I read somewhere that almost half of the clubs in the championship are just leveraged to the hilt. And it, it, there could be a, an epidemic of what we saw with Bolton um, 
Any thoughts on well, this? I think what it goes to show is that there's a set of rules for the premiership and there's a set of rules for everybody else. Yeah. And there's no like duty of care. Uh, if that makes like you get what I'm kind of trying to say yeah. there. Like if you don't mind, I just want to interject. I mean, that was the cross subsidization of the old foot English football association. I mean, when I, you know, I did some work on this back in, in, in the late nineties. Uh, I, I wrote a piece called the change of political economy of European football. And basically it was actually almost 10 years after the fact when we watched the English uh, first division become Barclays premiership. Right. And all of a sudden there was a separation and the whole idea of the cross subsidization that existed with top tier clubs to bottom tier clubs with just one stroke of the pen was completely abolished. Well, and it's it's really surprising. So I've cited that paper. Uh, thank you very much. In one of my papers. You among um, very many from what I understand. Uh, congratulations. Um, but so especially when I, because I did my work on Blair's new labor and labor at that time tried to make uh, visual corrections. I don't think they ever made any actual rule corrections um, or legal corrections, but there were corrections tried. They did try to make like the grassroots change in a way that the bigger clubs were helping and paying for the small clubs. Clearly that has failed. Do you, what would you suggest as the fix? Well, I mean, this is going to re require a little bit of, context and if anybody can bear with me please a little bit of history here in 1988 after some like atrocious atrocious accidents you know, the Hillsborough disaster um the 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 Heisel disaster uh, with Liverpool fans um the uh, the burning of Watford's uh, or was it Bradford or Watford I can't remember where, where the gate literally caught on fire in the middle of the game I mean you know they use the Taylor port to the Taylor report basically said, look, it's time to modernize the game. And they did. Now, England at that time used that as a pretext to monetize football. Football was basically an affordable pastime for just about everybody. I mean, it's still a business, but it was kind of seen as almost like a public utility, like the public square or the public library. And what you had after that is that, you know, they basically used it to monetize it. And then, you know, all of a sudden, the English premiership is contributing to the GDP of, uh, of England uh, and significantly. So, you know, they try to kind of bring it back during in your research, you know, during the, uh, uh, the, the Blair years to kind of like, you know, connect it back to the grassroots. But it was really just cosmetic stuff. And they tried to use it in terms of symbolic nationalism, essentially this new Britannia. Right. But I think, you know, the, the horse is out of the barn and it's not going to come back. And I mean, uh, we've seen this uh, in every league. I mean, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And we're seeing more and more and more of this convergence to a European Super League. And surprisingly, which though English clubs are very much against. Well, I mean, because it'll cut into their monopoly. I mean, right now, I mean, it, it, it's their show. I mean, uh, the English League is basically the richest league in the world. And not by like a nose hair or anything, but by like a, by, by like a country mile. They're ahead of everybody. And, you know, and, and what you see now is also this kind of convergence in, in, uh, in the, the big five leagues. And you'll always see you know, the championships switch between Real Madrid and Barcelona. Bayern Munich dominates. Paris Saint-Germain will dominate. Juventus dominates, right? Uh, and 
this is not good. This is not a good development, in my opinion. I mean, uh, and and I mean, this is what this is what I think has changed the game. It's actually changed the style of the game, as as you've seen a kind of more standardization. But I mean, these are bigger subjects that deserve, I would say, deserve greater uh, greater uh, exploration. But what it's done is it's basically, you know, some of the, the fiercest free market capitalism that you'll see. And we don't see that kind of sharing anymore between, say, the first division wealths of countries with, with the lower division. And you had parity. You had teams. You could see a team like Napoli or Verona winning the Scudetto, right? Or you could see a, a, a turnover. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that, like I said, you're seeing a convergence among the bigger clubs. Would you say it's time to shoot the horse then? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, this is a long discussion, and I think we could, we should actually do a lot. Pod, uh, I, I, you know, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. You know, we basically said that the best way to resist this is to cheer for a small club or your local club, right? And 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 become more localized in football. I mean, this is something maybe we should have a pod on. Okay, I have one other question that I want to ask you before we move on. Is should should England be blamed for it, or was do you think it was an inevitability, and England just beat other countries to it? I mean, it, 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 listen. Or could it just be that they speak English and the well, U.S. is the largest market, or was the largest market at the time? So having an English speaking league kind of worked. I mean, I think I think that if you get into this discussion of blaming a country. Uh, you get into some kind of like you know uh, moralistic territory. This is capitalism, okay? Uh, those kind of assumptions are superfluous. I mean, essentially, it happened in England because the, condition the conditions are there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it would happen. In, I mean, there is a, a a lot of discussion out there saying that the money power that's coming out of China could actually be a real serious rival globally to the English Premier League as they basically get more and more money. And we've seen, like, nobodies go to play in China for a $100 million uh, contract. So, I mean, you know, if the conditions were right in Spain, it would be Spain who would be. If the, in the 1990s, it was Italy that was doing this. And, and Italy was basically buying up everybody. And then what happened in, in early 2000 was Cacciopoli, right? And we found out that all of these clubs were basically leveraged. Fiorentina went under. Parma went under. You know, all of these clubs in, in Serie B went under. It, it is, if I may... It is one big, 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 big clusterfuck, okay? And it, it is going to remain this way as long as commerce dominates. I mean, let me put it back to you. Do you ever see the – would you see Manchester City, you know, thinking – considering that Brewery is in the kind of greater Manchester orbit, okay? Would, would, would you see Manchester United or Manchester City out of the goodness out of their heart kind of bail Brewery out? No, but I think, but I think there's, there's, no, should they? there has to be a caveat to it is that the FA has really weird ownership rules that stop clubs from buying up other clubs in your own league. That's a UEFA yeah, thing. Yeah, but, but, but I'm, I'm talking about like out of just some kind of altruistic, you know, but I, but kind again, of philanthropic kind of thing. If So if the rules didn't constrain them from doing it, I can't say, but rules that are, there are rules that exist to stop. Well, no, yeah, but but, but, but but I actually think that's a separate set of issues. So let, let me let me bring it back to you again. I know we should be wrapping this up, but let me bring it back to you again. 
what is wrong with the old cross subsidization model that used to exist where you know the wealthier clubs would have to share you know uh there there's, uh, a, there's more than enough their revenue, their revenue along, along the, the whole fa i'm i'm completely with you i have absolutely no problem with like that fact but th that means again that the fa needs to change like the FA would have to go completely structure, like again, like another to, structural overhaul, like a public utility, maybe. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, we're dreaming. We're dreaming in this day and age. We're dreaming. Listen, Corbin's an Arsenal guy, so like maybe. <laughs> no, but just to save Arsenal because they look so shaky. Yeah. No, I don't think it's going to happen. This is like you're basically asking for a socialist revolution to take place in football, and that ain't going to happen. You know. To me, the old model was good because, you know, uh, the, the, the Manchester United and the Liverpools, as they were gaining success financially and maybe money, would filter down to the well, more the more comes of yeah, this world. You, you need, I, to me, you also, I also think you need kind of a player. There needs to be some type of player action that goes along with it. And I don't think that's no. coming either. <laughs> not when you're not when your league is run by the Paul Pogba's and the Jesse Lingards who are more in it for themselves. It's one big gangbang, and they're all whores. Okay, so sorry. I hope I didn't offend anybody. Now, that being said, now that we've completely trashed that big teams will always be better than smaller teams, probably the best result of the last... Uh, well, Two years? Yeah, one of the coolest results. Well, Newcastle did it to City as well, yeah. right? Uh, but Norwich... Now, that Newcastle result was 11 stubborn Rafa Benitez is playing against Manchester City. Norwich City took the game to Manchester City, which is exactly what you have been saying, how to beat this Pep Guardiola Manchester City side. You have been saying this since he got there. Is, is to put pressure on the defense. Is to, is to pressure, because the, their defense is weak. But, it, you know... They played out of the back, too. They played... Yeah. I watched the highlights over and over again, and I wanted to see what, what, what Norwich has done. We have to give credit to what credit is due. First of all, they were fortuitous to get the first goal. And I think that means a lot. If you're playing City, getting that first goal means a lot. But I also realize well, City that, when City goes down, they don't they they historically do not come back. Well they, they have well they, they have come back like sometimes you just piss them off or if you score early. You might score that first goal in the first ten minutes and then they'll pop six on you because they're angry with you or you refocus them, right? But I actually think that uh, one of the things that I noticed was that Norwich was taking um, they they were taking advantage of the fact that their that city's players are short and on set pieces they were just punishing them. I mean punishing them. Uh, you know they, they they were they were looking for point men and getting the big men up there heading the balls, but they were also winning those 50-50 balls in the middle of the field, and they were hard tackles. Now the thing is is Norwich. Norwich did it. They played a perfect game. But could Norwich do it again and again and again? And well, could another team come in and sustain that for 90 minutes? So Norwich played this exact same style against Liverpool, and Liverpool beat the piss Pants, out of them in, totally. the first, in the first, but first game yeah. of the season. And did the, the same thing happen to West Ham United too? Yeah. yeah. But what I the I think the, the caveat was, and this is maybe I am reading into it a little bit too much, but I have said for the longest time that if City players have fouls called against them, they're going to have problems. And I think the referee in this game actually did the job that a lot of fans have been waiting to be done, 
with the calls against City and calling the niggly fouls. Well, it's not just a question. I mean, you've said this too before, so you've missed something here that you always say. It's not just a question of calling the fouls because they do call the deliberate fouls. And I mean, let, let's kind of go backwards here. Like everybody should know that one of the things that we've discovered with with Manchester City is one of the things that they do is it's it's they want to hold the ball. And when they lose the ball, and if they lose the ball for, I think, what even anything more than 30 seconds, they'll deliberately foul the opposition player so that they put the ball into, into kind of a set piece and put it into play and increases their opportunity of winning the ball back. So what they'll do is they'll deliberately foul. But what you used to say is not only call the fouls, but book them for cynical fouls. And that's what they did do in that game also, right? Because when you're booked – then the stakes get a little bit you know, higher because you might lose a player if they get the second booking. And I think that that's it. But, I mean, I think that's a one-off, okay? I, 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 don't think, I don't think Norwich can do this. for like If no. Norwich can do this for the rest, then give them the trophy. And say, I, okay. Right on, right on. I, I couldn't agree more. No, because then nobody will beat them. But. Lester, Lester managed to do that several years ago. I mean, when they, they but, but see, that's the thing. Can you sustain that? Bigger clubs, maybe what we should be saying is I think that bigger clubs play scared against against City. And I think this is the problem. People are intimidated by them, especially when you have good, talented clubs. Why should they be intimidated? You know, take the game to them, but be, be responsible in the back. I think the way you beat City is you don't play three in the back. You play four. See, that's interesting because Norwich's Norwich's – Backs like the outside backs did get forward on occasion. But they got right? back too. Well, that's the thing. Young guy, like they're young. They yeah. ran. Farka, this dude was about to be fired when he was in Germany and just never coach again. Like, and now he's beaten Pep Guardiola. So, like, good for you as a coach because to out tactic Guardiola in that way, yeah. not a lot of coaches get the chance to do that. Also, have to like we have to talk about. I is it Pucky or Pookie? Like I, it doesn't matter. He was great. The guy that scores yeah. goals. Yeah, he's like he, he played a great game. Like that's the kind of, but that's again, that's the kind of striker that you need against those two types. Of, like against a team like this, who chases every ball, but then can hold the ball up and has a good first touch. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I mean, a lot of things fell into place for Norwich, right? I mean, I mean. Some that's what happens sometimes, right? You, you know, you, you play well, you get lucky. You get lucky, you play well. They sometimes kind of the team is off. Like, yeah, City did not play the like no like we don't want to say that Norwich is not deserving of their win because they did. They played a perfect game. City did not play well. No, and they exposed two things: set pieces, okay? and that they kill them in the air, kill them in the air. Their defenders are off. Atomendi, like. This guy cannot defend. I know you hate ESPN FC, but I was watching yeah. it before you came over, and they made they they made the point like if if you weren't going to sign Harry Maguire, if Harry Maguire was going to go to Manchester United, why didn't you sign somebody else as a backup? Because totally. if Laporte or Stones went down, and Laporte is done for the season, Otamendi can't play week in week out anymore. No, but you know this is the new football, right? The new football and the new attacking football. I mean, the only team that seems to have kind of made this. I mean, Barcelona seems just as just as shaky in defense as Man City does. Uh, the only team that, that was wise enough to shore up their defense was Liverpool, uh, uh, you know, by by bringing uh, Van Dijk in there. And, uh, you know, 
let's see what United does with Maguire. I think he's going to be. Uh, uh, I think as time goes but on, he's going to get better. Include one Basaka in that, right? Yeah, because you've got two new defenders in the back four. And look at Napoli. You know, with uh, buying uh, Manolas, Manolas uh, with uh, uh, Kubayi. That's and the best. That's, I don't know the, he played a back three today yeah, yeah. in the Champions League, which we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, but there. that that was like that's the best pairing. But I want to say one last thing about this Manchester City Norwich one. Yeah, please, people, don't think that the championship is already Liverpool's. Okay, this is way too early, and early in the season, championship teams always make this mistake. Now, if they lose two on the trot, another two, or two out of the next three. Yeah, maybe there's a problem, but I don't see I don't see Man City losing the championship because they lost to Norwich. So that's going to take us into our first break. When we come back, because we've been talking about the Premiership, we're going to talk more about the Premiership and Julian's loathing of how this Liverpool team and people think that they're omnipotent. Well, Steve, I don't know. I actually yeah. have a soft spot for Liverpool. I just don't think that... Uh, don't give them the championship already. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about how absolutely terrible both Wolves and Watford have been to start this season. Okay. And we are back with probably the segment that most people listen to, which is the, the segment that we do on the Premiership. Um, we're going to kind of stick to the same format that we've done it in the past and just kind of go through the table. Uh, so first up is Liverpool. Julian, your thought on Liverpool right now is that Firmino is the reason that this whole team ticks. Well, I mean, I'm not so, so sure he's ticks, but I mean, I, I have to do a mea culpa here because there was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I literally thought this guy was totally overrated. And everybody thought, like, you know, this guy or something. And, yeah, and we had the discussion. And you kept saying, no, Julie, no. But I, I, I think right now he's one of my favorite players in the premiership right now, maybe even in the world, just watching the stuff he does. He tracks back. He plays deep. He goes into attack. He really compliments Salah and Mane very, very well. I think it's the reason yeah. Salah and Mane are able to score so many goals is because oh, he does so much. You know. And even off the ball. Like off the ball, he attracts so much attention, and even the runs that he makes, he opens up spaces. I think he's just a, a, a wonderful footballer. I think Liverpool is a really solid squad. I think they play really attractive football. I love the style because uh, they're responsible in defense. Okay, however, it's got nothing to do with their content. But I have a bit of an antipathy towards Liverpool, and this makes me sad because I've always had a soft spot for Liverpool. Even though they beat my beloved Milan in Istanbul, and I'm still in therapy over that, um, I, one of the things that you know, there's this type of fan out there, and we know that fan. Whether they're Juventus fans, whether they're Manchester United fans, whether they're Chelsea, they're sectarian. Okay, and you know, when a club achieves a certain amount of success, that fan seems to always rise to the top, and and it's very sectarian. Uh, develops a kind of a, 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 a chauvinism, and, 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 and it really, really takes away from what the club has done, and it makes me kind of puke a little bit. Hey, my, our Milan fans were the same way, you know? Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I think that this is it, because, you know, one of the things that I'd like to see is I'd like to see you know, the fan be the more rational observer. But this is sports. And once again, I think maybe I'm asking too much from people. When have we ever been rational observers? It's hard to... Well, it's hard to expect that of others. I saw you know, you. We're growing. 
we have grown. I watched you almost once cry in my office uh, when while you were following Manchester United on on on, uh, on your was, phone. They lost to Bayern. In yeah, the Bayern. Yeah, and I once threw a whole pizza at the TV uh, uh, after oh, after a loss. Uh, um, I remember now. Now this is like a little bit more of like malignant nationalism. Yeah, but I remember watching Canada play against the Americans in the Gold Cup semifinal. It was like two in the morning because the tournament was like in, the, in Mexico. I remember this. You tell me what. And the American player passes the ball backwards, and one of the Canadians picks it up and scores. And the Mexican ref calls him offside. Yeah. And it's not offside if the ball is passed back. Yeah. You woke up the neighbors, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got in some trouble for that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that happens. I mean, it happens to the best of us. I mean, but but I think what we, what we got to do is uh, we kind of got to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I think you know. I think there's an imperative to be a good fan. Uh, so I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Liverpool. I mean, I think I think they're they're amazing. Uh, Man City's Man City. It sounds like their defensive issues are about to get worse, though, because John yeah. Stones is now out for five to six weeks. Well, they got the money. They got the money to well, solve these too, problems. Too late. Too well, late now. January window. But, I mean, look, sometimes your best defense is the best offense, right? And, you know, if you're, you know, if your team, oh, is, the opposition scores three and you can score four. Well, you better hope you can score four. Then. Man City can score four. Yeah. But, Oof. I mean. Not every week. Listen, this team's a well-oiled machine, man. Oh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Tottenham, one little comment. Once the pressure off the the transfer window was off, they they produce a lovely display. Against what's been a very good Crystal Palace side to start the season, which I think shocks everybody. I really thought that they'd be 0-5 by this point. And Crystal Palace has actually pulled out some really good performances. Uh, Against Manchester United. Yeah. That was a a great first time they've beaten them there in the premiership era. Are you, are you surprised United is in fourth? Eight. If if you had told me eight points, I'd be a little disappointed. I figured they'd be. Uh, I didn't expect the Crystal Palace result. Uh, I didn't expect them to beat Chelsea four nil either. But ha ha! Yeah. Fuck you, Frank Lampard. Yeah, well, we, we, uh, we gotta get, we gotta get to that in a second. Uh, but. There has been some surprise performances out of some players that I didn't think were going to be as good as they've been. Some players that just have not been good enough. Well, my boy, I love. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I love McTominay. I just think that guy, I really hope that he's cultivated. He seems like one of those footballers that is going to, like uh, the, the, the guy from uh, Chelsea who I like, uh, Bra- Bradley. Bra- Brad- Barkley. Barkley, sorry. They, you know, integrity, right? They play with integrity. He's young. He's he's got it all. I mean, if he's cultivated, I see this guy being a a, a, a major star. Yeah, I see a, a, a big star in the Premiership. Uh, I think my favorite player though has to be the, the Dan, Daniel James, who's just come onto the scene. It's been a while since we've had an exciting Welsh wing, winger in the squad, and he's come in, scored a couple of belter. Goals yeah, yeah. cutting in off the wing, and that. he's like he, he's got the smell of the net. That kid, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm gonna I mark this day down, September seventeenth, uh, twenty nineteen. I'm complimenting Manchester United twice. Will you please leave Rashford alone for crying out loud? This kid is another talent that's going to be great, and everybody expects this guy to score two or three goals every game. This is unbelievable. So I j- I want to bring one thing up because there's a transfer rumor. Uh, there's a Norwegian player that plays uh, in Germany right now, last name Holland. Uh, if, Alpha, uh, Holland. It's his son. No way. 
And so he scored a hat trick in the Champions League today. And apparently he's very close with Solskjaer. And the rumor is, is that this kid wants to come and play for Manchester United, <laughs> despite the fact that, 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 that Roy Keaton <laughs> broke his father's yeah. leg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that story. Oh, man. Uh, moving on, Leicester City. I, I'm actually surprised, actually. Like, I, I expected Leicester to be good. Um, I didn't expect them to be sitting on eight points. Um, well, they, they are going to be good. they got a good coach and Brandon Rodgers. Not the best, but he's good. He's a he's a he's a seventh, eighth, yeah. ninth, tenth coach. He's not he's not a coach that's going to win you trophies. Well, the, 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 I, I he won trophies you. at Celtic. Oof, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, you and I can win trophies at Celtic. Yeah. Uh, um, Leicester City. Let's 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 say something here. I'm rooting for them, but I don't see them hanging on to that position until uh, uh, the end of the year. Although I do think if there's a team that can do it right now, they have to be one of the ones that will be considered challenging the top six. But you see, I don't think it's going to be. I, I don't think it's going to be a top six oligopoly this year. I think it's going to be a top ten. I think that's uh, going to stretch. I'm going to say eight, but yeah. maybe nine. Okay. Chelsea, listen, I got to say this: Frank Lampard, he's overrated as a coach. I mean, at what point is this guy going to be exposed, or if he hasn't already? Well, we beat them for no. So yeah, but here he turned around and he pulled out that victory last week. Well, the kids, the kids are performing for him. He brought kids up, like like uh, Tammy Abraham scored uh, scored a big goal, well, big three goals, and then one big own goal. Um, but they've like it's coming together for them. Like all of their goals have come from players twenty one and under. Um, but the really interesting thing, one of the kids that scored in this latest victory by Chelsea. Uh, this result here against Wolves, yeah, which Wolves. I think we need to talk. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about yeah. Wolves when we get towards the bottom of the table, which is surprising. The kid that scored the uh, one of the goals for them, uh, a belter, uh, Fiako Tomori. Everyone says he's Nigerian, but he's not. So he plays for the English national team. Do you want to know where he was born? Where? Calgary. No way. So he's Canadian. So we lost another player to England like this. Yeah. Ah, uh, this is. Okay, yeah, but let's put that aside. And he's a central defender of all, yeah. which is which is everything yeah. we need. Exactly. Let's not let's, we, let's not go there right no, you're now. You're not allowed to talk. Yeah. Oh, wait, you said yeah. there's a perma ban. Yeah, yeah I have a ban right on now. the Canadian national team for two years after that display in the Gold Cup. But okay, just let's say this: they played Wolves. They scored five against Wolves. Let's be let's be honest here. They played a running gun. Both teams played running gun, yep. and that's Frank Lampard style running gun. So if you play running gun. Maybe he's got a chance, but if anybody plays a tight, tight formation against against Chelsea, I don't see Chelsea. They're I, not going to get points against the clubs around them. No, I really think that Chelsea is going to struggle this year. I mean, I think they, they they should be happy if they qualify for Europe at all. Okay, because I mean, despite the fact that they have all these incredible players coming back, I don't see Frank Lampard being able to manage his team like that. Speaking of another struggling London club. 31 shots against from the team that was in dead last. Well, is in dead last in the standings. And being 2-0 up and... And they should have lost that game. Arsenal and Watford. Arsenal, to me, is the team that, again, both Arsenal and Chelsea this this year, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle. This this is the first time I've thought since Emery's come in that they look like an Arsenal. They, they look like they're an Arsene Wenger side again. You know... 
a late Arsene Wenger side, not an early one. No, I, I agree. I mean, you and I, uh, you know, we, we kind of keep harping on the point in our personal discussions that it's too early, it's too early. But the, that, this team looks really shaky. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's early. They could turn the season around, you know, they could. But, I mean, they look like they got some serious problems. West Ham. Another London club. You know what I mean? That's a team you have of, a soft spot yeah, for totally. them. I get it. I, I'd like I'd like to see them do well this year. Uh, so far, looks pretty, looks promising. But you know, let's see what they're like in about six, seven weeks from now. Uh, Burnmouth, holy cow! The result against Everton, you—that was the shocker of the weekend. I think if Norwich and City hadn't played yeah. this weekend, that was the shocker. How does how does this team? How does they manage to keep staying in the premiership with the budget? That they, they're a small club. They don't have anywhere near well, the originally, originally, they were not going to be allowed to stay in the yeah. premiership because the stadium's too small. I mean, you got to give you got got to give props to uh, How, right? Yep. Their, their coach, fantastic coach. Uh, Southampton, Steve, uh, what, the team that you have a soft spot for. You, you know that this is this is my. I start yeah. with them every time I played football manager. Yeah. They're my club. Um. Liverpool's Saints. Liverpool Liverpool's academy at this point. Um, listen, they've uh, the games they've lost have all been close games. Uh, Hasenhutl is very like you can see the Klopp influences on him. Uh, overall, do I think they're going to be tenth or better? No. Um, do I think they're going to be in the relegation battle? I don't think so. I think relegation. I think the relegation candidates are going to be pretty obvious once we get yeah. to Christmas. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I was just about to say for the rest of the table, there's really not much much worth much more worth mentioning other than I would say Everton and Wolves. Uh, I mean, we can go down the list, but I think you know the Burnley. Oh, Sheffield United. Well, Crystal Palace has played well. Norwich yeah. has been up and down, of course. Uh, Burnley's Burnley. Burnley looks back to. Uh, not having to play in Europe is going to be good for Burnley. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sheffield United, uh, I didn't think they were going to have any points yet. Same with Crystal Palace, but Crystal Palace has proved me wrong. Uh, Dude, we're going we're getting hammered if if Sheffield United stays up. Okay, if Sheffield, I mean, I'm serious. I want to see a Sheffield club remain in the Premiership. I mean, I'd like to have them both back there. I mean, in the prep. Football, Sheffield football is important. Wednesday, Wednesday is in like the top yeah. half of the table right now. Yeah. So like, yeah, quite possible. Good old fashioned Yorkshire, and they get Leeds in there too. I mean, well, yeah, Leeds, these Yorkshire, Leeds Yorkshire is most teams. likely coming up this year. You know, if, so, they, if they don't, I'm just done. Yeah, you know, I, I won't, I won't even watch them yeah. anymore. But if, if United, if Sheffield United stay in the Premiership, we we got to go down to the local pub and slam a few back. Yeah, uh, having Brighton there. Uh, yeah, a relegation. I, I'm. I think they're a relegation candidate. I don't think Villa will be. I think they think that Villa will settle out and they'll turn it around. What about Everton? Do you think Everton is? Uh, I think Everton's better than where they are right now. Yeah, I think and, their and, coach and, is the yeah. problem. I think time. I think. I think they, they. I think they will get better. I, I think mean, it's. I, I think Silva will lose his job. I think he's a top. He's going to end up being a top candidate. He's toxic, isn't he? It didn't go well for him at other clubs that he's been at. So, and he's got like guys like Richardson and uh, who's the other? They character? bought Moise Keane. Yeah, he they, bought Keane from Juve. Yeah, they yeah. brought Alex Avobian from Arsenal. Like, this is a, a good. This team. is a quality squad, man. They should be doing much better. I than think they have. needed another center back, but yeah. you know. These things happen. What's wrong with Wolves, man? You think it's just too early? They're not. They're being scored on first, and they're like 
You have to you have to backpedal. And then they try to push, and then they give up more goals. They'll. They didn't. The other thing is, I don't think they strengthened in the right areas. They strengthened. They are a better team on paper, but they like Catrone. Bringing in Catrone is a stroke of genius. Which, like, let's not. Please, talk I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. But Newcastle and Watford are exactly where I would love to see them finish. Well, and he again, way too early. But one of the things: what are your relegation candidates for this year? I think anybody right now from 14th down has to be considered. So Burnley, Sheffield, Brighton, Villa, Newcastle, Wolves, and Watford all have to be considered. Crystal Palace, and you know what? Probably you have to throw Norwich and Crystal Palace in there too. Yeah, I mean. Can Palace keep this up? Eh, maybe. I, I mean, Probably not. I don't know. I, I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, I would have I picked uh, uh, three different teams um, to to be relegated this year, but the one that I think is going to go, I'm only going to pick one. I, this, I think Newcastle is gone this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I just don't see these guys. Doesn't bother me. Mike Ashley can eat a bag of shit. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think they had one of the best coaches in the world. I mean, that, that, that he had a, Rafa Benitez essentially was playing with a championship, mid table championship team, and he was keeping them in the premiership. I don't see Steve Bruce doing the same thing. Okay. No, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but a lot of former Manchester United players do not go on to be the greatest managers. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to when, – when you're being coached by a guy like Fergie, I mean, it's Stom, Stom did, like, a decent job, but nobody liked him. Yeah, well, he's not a likable guy. <laughs> he, listen, he wasn't liked at Lazio. Yeah, okay, like, so, but, like, there you go. Roy, Roy Keane is probably, like – yeah, the worst. Oh no, 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 probably one of the smartest football guys. But I mean, this guy. I mean, you need like a team of human resource people behind you if you have that guy coaching at your club. You know what I mean? Uh, we're gonna move on now to uh, La Liga, which we're gonna get through pretty quickly. Yeah, it's still or like we like we've said, it's still way early too early days, uh, across the board. But uh, kind of cool to see Sevilla. Not having lost the game yet, uh, Real Madrid hasn't either, but they suck. So I don't want to talk about that. I'm happy about that. I'm really happy. Uh, Bill Bow hasn't lost the game either. That makes me happy. Uh, I, that's it, it, that's my team in Spain because yeah, to no. have the to have the policy that they do and to have remained uh, the way they have absolutely is is incredible. Well, I mean, Bill Bow. Uh, that's the question: Can they sustain this? Um, I don't think Sevilla is going to be able to sustain where they are. I think it's early. No, I think Atleti is actually yeah. going to win the league. Well, listen, I was just about to say that. That's a team I'm rooting for. Okay? I mean, you know what? If there's a team in all of the world right now that I could claim that I that matches what my football style would be is Atletico Madrid. I mean, they play the kind of football that I like to and see. And can we just talk about Joao? Uh, so it's Joao Felix. Felix, Felix. Uh, listen, man. Again, I hope he, I hope he's cultivated because there there is a crop of players that are coming out on right now. Like we talked about England, Portugal, well, all over. There's some yeah. unbelievable. It just you know the way football is structured now. You know, if you don't prove it, that you're good day in, day out, you know, this is what Messi and Ronaldo have brought to the table, right? Is you have to be at this level all the time. Yeah. And they don't take the time to cultivate you. Uh, I think that these are the guys who need it. That guy is going to be a superstar. I just want to say another thing about this uh, La Liga. 
is uh, holy cow, Valencia is a shit show. And that is sad. That is sad. Oh, well, Peter, what Lim has done to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. That is sad because they Gary Neville coached there. So let's, let's – and I know you don't want to talk about Gary Neville. Either, Gary so. Neville is the biggest jackass in football today. End of story. Okay. That tops that, – I got nothing to say towards that. No, I mean it's too early, right? It's, I mean, actually, yeah. his brother's not bad. Oh, well, we're talking. Oh, we're talking about Gary Neville still. Okay, yeah. yeah, I don't want to talk about Gary Neville. I want to talk about La Liga. Okay, I mean, I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, it's still early, it's right? It's been very cool to see. So, Osasuna came back. Yeah. Uh, this year, now they've not lost a game. They've only won one game, but you know, it, apparently, it's been very exciting. I've been watching. Uh, you, if you watch just Sid Lowe's Twitter feed and the games that he gets to go to, and like the sandwiches they eat at yeah. the state, that's. Yeah. That's the job I would like. I've always thought that you and I should take the show on the road and just be like the Anthony Bourdain's of football. Yeah. It, you know, dude, if we could just make a modest living doing that, I would be happy to do that. Okay. Live in like, yeah. we could live in a, a, a VW yeah, van yeah. and drive around Europe for yeah. forever. Yeah, you know, roll drunks for their smokes and uh, yeah. have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, before before I go on, I just wanted to make it, because yeah, I just asked, looking at the table, there's one more thing I just wanted to say. Big props to Santi Cazorla. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. We yeah. have to. I think yeah, that guy. That guy. I mean, to come back from those injuries and to, and to like enjoy your football like that. Like most most players would have just caved. Uh, moving on, I'm gonna let you. Yeah, well, we City um, again. Way too early to make any judgment call. Uh, again, Juventus looks. Super no, powerful. I think Juve looks like shit. Well, I think there's chinks in the armor. I mean, that's about it. Again, I just think it's too early. Look, I mean, the record is still two one, uh, uh, two wins, one draw. I mean, they, they have they look convincing? No, but this is really early. And I mean, this team, like for crying out loud, they could put three teams in City, uh, and the, two of them would finish in, in uh, first and second potentially, and the third one would finish in the top five. I mean, I think that the team that is. I think after watching Napoli's performance today, I think Inter and Napoli could mount a, a, a quasi-challenge. I don't think they'll take it from them this year, but I think you can see that they're, they're, they're trying to gain momentum for the years to come. Um, Milan, I, have, I don't ever remember seeing a Milan this bad in my lifetime, Okay, and, and it breaks my heart. Um, what I want to see is I want to see the teams such as Brescia, Atalanta, uh, well, Torino, playing well, Torino so. play well. Um, the, It'd be nice to see Roma play well, but uh, they can't. Well, the, the, the craziness that is Roma. They got they, they got one of the best coaches in the world, if you ask me. Okay, in Fonseca, and uh, they are like they have a great lineup. I mean, they were they were really convincing. The bottom of the table, you got Fiorentina, Sampdoria. I mean, it's early. It's early. I mean, uh, three games. Yeah, Fiorentina had, had, had the first three matches were really tough matches. Frank Ribery. I mean, uh, didn't the, expect it. No, and the crowd just loves him. They love him. But I mean, uh, so far, I mean, you see the tackle he went in on Ronaldo. Oh yeah, oh, unbelievable. Loved it. Yeah, and and and, and he and he still got something to offer. Uh, a lot. A comment about Parma. How did Gervinho, coming back to Europe, escape the mid clubs? Gervinho it looks like one of the best players I have seen in a very long time. Okay. Uh, I mean, the guy the guy controls Parma. Like, it's his club. And also this kid, Tonali, Sandro Tonali from Brescia, he's the real deal. 
I watched him play this Sunday, and I was uh, totally impressed. I hey, I'm I'm a fan because well, he might be going to your club. I would. And he's a, him yeah, at my club in a heartbeat. As long as you guys cultivate him, right? Well, and I think there. I think the right structures are in place for young players at yeah. our club right now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's still too early. Uh, I, I expect the top three to shape up between uh, Juventus, Napoli, and Inter, uh, with Juventus probably having a five to a ten point lead. Uh, if Milan is not careful this year, uh, they're going to even. Out of the, Europe. Uh, well, uh, if Milan's not careful this year, we're, they, they, they could be like 14th, 15th place. I mean, they've, they've won two matches, okay? Giampaolo is yeah. – I don't even know if Giampaolo is the problem. I don't think the players fit together properly. That Well, put this in perspective, Steve. They've played three matches. That's six halves of football, okay? Four out of those six halves, they have not had a shot on net. Yeah, there's a problem. Okay. When most of your team is built on attacking yeah. players. And you can't get a shot on net? Yeah. What the hell is going on there? Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, the rest of Europe – and some Champions League. Uh, the FA Women's League is two games in. Uh, the FA, uh, the Women's Champions League is in the round of 32. Uh, and then we'll head over to uh, this side of the world with a little bit of talk about Argentina. The uh, Copa Libertadores, which everybody's favorite derby is coming up. Uh, along with some MLS stuff. Playoffs start in a few weeks. Uh, and... Uh, the wrapping up of the Canadian Premiership's or fall season. All right, we are back and time for our rest of the world tour. I guess. Yeah, but uh, there's not well, really much going on in the rest. Of, like, you know, as we said, it's early days, yeah. at least in Europe. Well, we we try we scoured the leagues of Greece, Turkey, uh, Serbia, Russia, Eastern European leagues, and we really haven't found a good story that compels us at this point. So, if we're kind of continental uh, uh, in our uh, uh, orientation, uh, we we apologize. It's just that. So far, we've seen the good stories come from there. If you have stories for us, please yeah. tell us. Yeah, man, we will please be, forward we'll, them. Yeah, we're, we're glad to, to go on that. Uh, Germany, we'll go to the Bundesliga first. Uh, Don't you, yeah. Leipzig, Rosen Ballsport, because I refuse to call them by their ownership. Uh, good for them. Really? I thought, I thought they're, 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 they're in the good books now? So Julian Nagelsmann is, I think, to me, a very good coach. Uh, and they've got a lot of young players from around the world. They're cosmopolitan. Like they're yeah, no, yeah. cosmopolitan. But only because they've got this, this, this like unlimited cash stash. You know what I mean? I mean, they're the new PSG and uh, Man City now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I can't, yeah, I, 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 I want like, It is, it is the game now. This is my sectarian side coming out. You know, uh, I, I just, I want to see them lose. I mean. Freiburg, uh, I mean, Dortmund, Dortmund is Dortmund Sancho. To, you know how I feel about Jamie Sancho. I great player. For us, I think he's going to be great. Freiburg, that's actually pretty cool that they're sitting where they are. I don't think that's going to last. No. Nah. Uh, Bayern, Alfonso Davies is finally getting some time. He's not starting yet, but he's getting like a half an hour here, 40 minutes there. So, Well, I mean, the, the real story in the, in the German league is this little club called Union Berlin. Which is essentially was a uh, West uh, East German club, 
uh, and uh, their story is like they're like a very, 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 very small club. They have a great, great, great story behind them. I, I would say look them up. Other than that, I mean, uh, it's, it's early days, um, and I, I foresee a Bayern Dortmund Leipzig kind of thing, uh, 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 championship run. Yeah, the most exciting thing that happened in Germany was not in the Bundesliga this past weekend. It was in Bundesliga 2. It was the Hamburger Derby. Unbelievable. That was unbelievable. St. Pauli and yeah. Hamburger. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Two I, sets of fans that hate each other. I, I was very fortunate to travel with, with the St. Pauli fans when, back in 1996. I went to see them play Borussia Mönchengladbach. And uh, I basically ended up in their curve. Uh, and uh, when the game was over, I filed out with them and I ended up in Hamburg. And it was a fantastic time. Uh, yeah. So, you uh, know, great things. Uh, moving along here, uh, the other the other story is Ligue 1. And, uh, I mean, the only thing I want to say is, uh, oh, wow, uh, Neymar's goal was something special. Okay. And, uh, I mean, come on. I mean, like, you know, he's being jeered. He's being booed. Yeah, he, he's despicable. He's not likable at all. But that goal was something special. Uh, Monaco is getting relegated this year. What, yeah. I don't know what has like They were there. No, they're not. Ren, it looks very good. And so does Lille. Uh, I mean, uh, even though they're not really performing as well on the table, again, early days. Um, the team that I'm really rooting for is Nîmes. Uh, Nîmes has always been a team that's always been in the third division. And, uh, you know, they've managed to stay within the first. And I, I'm going to continue to cheer for them. Yeah, nothing else really exciting. No, here. not yet, not yet. Okay. Although, although it's uh, Sanchez, Renato Sanchez, uh, uh, resurrecting his career. Uh, I'm really cheering for this guy because I, I think that he made some bad choices. He should have remained at Benfica when he was given the chance. Speaking of Benfica, moving on to the Primera. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't even know how to pronounce that or what that uh, club. That is. would be Famacao. I guess, uh, but uh, this is unbelievable. I mean, but I mean, like, this is going to even out. Oh, yeah. Like, at some yeah, point. Yeah. Totally. But, like, the thing is for me is right now, Portuguese football is, like, it's a gold mine. That stuff that is happening there, the players that are coming out there, sure, it's still the kind of the domination between Benfica and Porto. But, I mean, the players and the coaching that is coming out of the whole philosophy, I mean, I really think that you're going to see uh, Portugal uh, uh, maybe uh, in the final four of the Euro, maybe winning it again. Uh, and, and I want to say one thing. I really would love to see Benfica finally break the curse, maybe. At least make it to the final four. They've got the tools. They should be able to. Would we have to change the name of the podcast at that point? I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't think we should. I think uh, uh, then we just call ourselves Bella Hutman. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but uh, whatever. Uh, I, I think I, 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 uh, I'm really considering getting the package from the Zone, and I'm sorry that I gave them a plug, uh, just so that I can watch Portuguese football. I'm not sorry. You know why? Well, wait, this is a topic. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Because I don't want I don't want to give it away, but we're going to be talking about this later in the later pod. We're going to be talking about broadcasting and the crap that's going on in uh, in North America and also in Great Britain. But I know, tell us why you're not sorry. Rogers and Sportsnet get everything they deserve, and now I can watch the Premiership, the Championship, 
the French league, sure, it's not great. And it sucks for people who don't have access to, to good internet because that's the only way to watch it. But no, I, this I mean, is the way things are moving. Listen, Sportsnet and, and uh, once they lose MLS, they're done. Well, you know, I, I'll save my comments for when we get to this topic because we can go on a tangent here and never come back. TSN has started showing the National Women's Soccer League, yeah. though, so I will dial it back a little bit. And we get the Bundesliga's... Uh, With Sportsnet, they Sportsnet, moved it out yeah. of their specialty programming yeah, yeah, because... Because they've, yeah. they've realized, I mean, but this is it. They've made their money by showing freaking poker, for crying out loud, when they should be showing matches, or for Christ's sakes, curling on five channels. Anyways, I'm surprised you didn't go into darts. You didn't rip into darts this time. I mean, I mean it's not even worth mentioning Darts. But you mentioned poker instead of darts. At least darts. I'll take darts over darts pokers. have fan. Darts has yeah. fan culture at yeah, least, yeah. and it's pop culture too. Okay. I actually I love darts. When you okay. hear the hear the announcers, <laughs> one hundred and eighty. <laughs> How can you not enjoy it? You you feel like you're there. Yeah. You yeah. just want to be in the crowd waving your arms at this shit. Sure. I, I mean, yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. So the Champions League started today. Yeah, the men's Champions League. I'm going to start referring to it as men's Champions League. Yes. yes. Uh, any thoughts on any of the matches? Look, uh, great, great, uh, great display by uh, uh, Napoli today. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I mean, but again, I mean, Inter kind of the, the draw, but we looked at Barcelona and Dortmund draw drew. I mean. Uh, we're doing this pod at a very strange time. I mean, I know it's becoming a little bit of a of a of a pain to keep kids on. Hey, it's still early. It's still early, but it is. It is, and uh, I mean, I think that we're gonna. I just don't think that the the the, the games in this Champions League matter until February. See, now I disagree with you in the group stage of the Champions League because if you lose at home, like if you lose at home early, you have to think of it like tournament football, right? If you lose a game at home, it's very difficult to dig yourself out of that, especially if you're in a group where three teams could go through. Well, Steve, I give you two counterpoints to that. Okay, I would agree with you if they eliminated this third place nonsense. Okay, and that the third place teams go to Europa. Uh, well, you and I have yeah, agreed on that. That's point just bullshit. For a okay, I mean, right now these are just exhibition games to make more money, and I think it would be more meaningful if just the top two teams went and the third teams and, 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 and teams are eliminated, and none of this business that they go on. Because if I'm correct, how many? consecutive Europa Leagues has a team that come from the Champions League, gone into the Europa League, and won the Europa League. I think it's like... Well, we didn't. We, we started yeah, in the Europa you, League. You started so in Europa League. Like yeah. So, like, it's one out of, like, ten or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I have very little little patience for this. Also, I mean, the other counterpoint, I mean, look at Tottenham last year. They almost didn't make it out of the group stage. They almost ended up in the Europa League, and they and they ended up in the finals. Yeah, yeah. they got the results yeah. at home that so, were necessary. So right? I mean, you know, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't put too much credence into Liverpool losing today. The sky isn't falling, but one thing that they can show is that you know uh, uh, another team can beat them. Are there any matches tomorrow that stand out to you? Because well, I think yeah, there are yeah, two yeah, or three. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I want to see Atletico Madrid beat Juventus. I, uh, I, I, I totally want to see that happen. 
Uh, I, I, PSG I'm, Real Madrid. You, I'm what, not even. Aware. What do they call? What do you call that? Creative destruction. The creative, no, I just hope. I would love the earth to open up and swallow those two teams, okay? Uh, because that's just I, PSG Real Madrid. You couldn't get anything more putrid at this stage. Well, Shakhtar Donetsk and Manchester yeah. City, the battle yeah. of oil. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, hey, but I imagine Atalanta. I was going to say. Dinamo Zagreb Atalanta is the match that you're looking for. That's, that, that's old school European Cup. You know, Dinamo Zagreb against, against, well, I'd uh, say against Atalanta. This is probably too. Bayer versus Lokomotiv. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? That's, all, that's I, old school. I will cheer for Red Star until my dying breath. I'm with you on that one, brother. And all the way. They have a can, and, and the best part is their keeper's Canadian. Canadian. All the way, man, with that team, man. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, look, 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 Galatasaray against Club Bruges. I would rather watch that match than PSG Real Madrid any day, any day. Um, we're not going to talk about the Europa League because there's way too many matches and nobody cares yet. Yeah, I bring back the Cup Winners' Cup for yeah. Christ's sakes. Um, moving on, we have the Women's Super League. It's early days, uh, but the Manchester Derby was played in a big stadium. Had I think twenty one thousand people showed up, which sounds like probably more people than show up to a Manchester City game. Yeah, at least when you look at the TV, that look for those who can actually afford it, because yeah, those twenty one thousand are actually real fans. Yeah, uh, they're not there to be seen. Now the Manchester United women, they've lost two games on the trot, but they just they just got promoted this year. It's their second season. Look, man, big things are happening in in women's football. Um, I must confess, I'm, I'm I'm not following it as much as I wanted to. Uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's I got to watch the game against yeah. Arsenal. It was, See, this it is was the thing. I, I don't have that package yet. But I've been, mean, you know, following all the all the press discussions in, in the Guardian, and I think it's a fantastic thing. The only thing I don't like here is I'm looking I'm looking at this uh, uh, I'm looking at the tables. And what strikes you when you look at the names of the clubs? Well, they all say women. That's except for Everton. That's ridiculous. That they have to say Bristol City woman. Brighton, Hove, Albion, women. Just call them the clubs. You know what I mean? Uh, this is the thing that, that, that it is. And, and the, only, the only question I was going to say is, do you think that, because there's a big, a, big, a big debate about, you know, Manchester uh, uh, football club playing in, in the, the big stadium. You think this is a good idea? For the big matches, yes. I think they should play in the smaller stadiums because it creates more of an atmosphere and more of a spectacle that you can sell. So it worked, like, so when the Juve women played in Juve Stadium, it worked. So to me, if it's a big match, yeah, play it in the big stadium. Yeah, of course. Let more people go. Because, yeah. like, it, uh, Manchester United women played Arsenal women uh, at, Lee Sport, at Lee Sports Village, and there's, like, 5,000 seats. What about this nonsense about giving tickets for free? What do you think about that? No. Yeah, I agree, man. Pay even 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 a fiver. Pay a fiver, and it goes back into yeah. the club. Why cheap? Why cheapen the game? I mean, the yeah. game is worth going to see. Uh, the, the, there was just one thing I wanted to say before I go on. Sorry, um, I can never pronounce her name. The striker for the Dutch the Dutch national team. Grown? No, not Jackie Gronin. She's no, no, no. She goes for Arsenal. Ah, oh, man, I can't think of it now. Uh, that's my favorite. That's my favorite female player. I think she's going to be probably yeah. one of the best. What what footwork? We're in the Incredible round. Uh, we're in the round of thirty-two for the women's Champions League as well. And just look at the names of these clubs, Julian. See if you can pronounce half of them. But look at how many of them are mm, Eastern European. 
Northern European. Yeah, well, I think that's fantastic. I mean, that's just like Glasgow City. Listen, here's the thing. I uh, th- this might this might be our saving grace for football. You know, if we go back to our discussion, uh, uh, our earlier discussion about how the commercialization has polluted this game. Uh, you know, in terms of like the rich, this this is this is you know this is where they're still playing for the shirt and the badge. When will Hibbs men's team ever? Yeah, Hibernian. But or, or what's this Bilik Bilik Kazuk Kazigurt? I can't. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. You know what I mean? Uh, where are they even from? I mean, I don't even know where that club is from. from uh, they don't even have it listed on. We're looking online here. We can't even find where they're from. B. I can just search Kazigurt. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan has a team in the Champions League uh, for for uh, in, in the Women's Champions League. High five there, buddy. That is awesome. You see, this is what I'm talking about. This is where the saving grace is because football still is is communal at this point. So we're going to go really quickly through these last few things. Argentina, any comments? It's exciting. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, uh, teams. The only, the only disappointment is, and I've talked to my buddy Carlos about this, is Racine has really dropped off the table. Can you tell me who? Can you tell me? Do you know Talleres Cordoba? Tajeres. Tajeres. Okay. Who are they? They're an older club, but they're like a they're like a small small club. Uh, um, uh, uh, Cordoba. Uh, that's kind of like they're the equivalent of like I'd say Brighton. Or Southampton, smaller clubs, right? Are there any clubs in that top group that are like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool to see a club like that? I mean, all, but all of them are. I mean, look at it. I mean, Boca, okay, Boca's at the top. San Lorenzo, Tajeres, Arsenal de Sarandi, Argentino Juniors, River, Lanús, uh, uh, Patronato. I mean, I've never even heard of them. Newell's. I mean, and then you go down the list. Look look, look, where, look where the big ones are. Rosario, Velez, Racine, Independiente. They're all in the uh, estudiantes. They're all in the middle of the table. Still think there's way too many teams in that division. Like there's what, like thirty, I believe. Twenty four. Yeah, Twenty four. Yeah. And Maradona now is causing. Uh, 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 oh, did they win yet with him? No, or what? no, no. A gymnasia, uh, gymnasia de la Plata. They're uh, um, Maradona should not be anywhere near a football pitch anymore, other than in the fans in the stands. Okay, like, I, the yeah. guy is just embarrassing himself. I, you know? I and that breaks my heart. Uh, HBO's documentary on him though looks incredible. Yeah, I, we are gonna have to watch it. I have to watch it, uh, but I don't know because uh, the the one that Kostrik, uh, yeah, I can I can never pronounce his name. He did a phenomenally good one uh, on him too. Uh, Copa Libertadores uh, still uh, we, we, we we're to the quarterfinals now, right? Uh, semis, semis, October fourth, yeah. October first, yeah. October second. Those are great matchups, man. We got River Boca. But that's going to be a disaster. Do you think those matches are going to get completed? This could be a disaster. You know, I talked to Carlos about this the other, uh, uh, last week, and, and there is like three weeks between the two legs. So essentially, that they can that madness, yeah, that madness is going to grip the nation for three weeks. I mean, there's something terribly wrong with that country because they are going to be completely off their rockers about this this, this pairing. And I actually think that they're destroying this. I mean, like because there's there's so much acrimony and like I mean, it doesn't even matter what's going to happen on the pitch anymore. More, it's going to happen with the soap opera around it. But the other one. Gremio Flamengo, 
And uh, doesn't Flamenco have uh, uh, Jesus, the old coach from uh, uh, is it, is yeah, it yeah. Benfica? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus Gil. Yeah, Gil. Yeah. yeah, something like that. It's, uh, yeah. So I mean, um, whatever the, the situation is, is uh, uh, we're going to see a decent final. Okay. So um, moving on, uh, MLS. I must confess, from the beginning, I haven't really followed MLS as much as I should this year. So it's been a bit of a tight battle in the Eastern Conference top three. Uh, rather interesting, but New York City's kind of pulled away at this this last juncture. TFC was out of the playoff picture up until about a month ago. And then they've gone undefeated in their last nine games to, to put themselves back into contention. They're one of the hottest teams, at least in the Eastern Conference. They're one of the hottest teams. And going into the playoffs... That's a good thing to happen. If playoffs... Yeah. Playoffs. I mean, this should be his champ. I, I can see that my Montreal impact is is uh, they, underachieving as usual. They, they, they choked, <laughs> yeah, they choked again. Yeah. But they signed, uh, do you remember Boyan Kirkic? Yeah, did they really? So he plays for the impact now. Whoa. Well, I did not know this. Pep Guardiola ruining young players' careers for Well, well that guy years. was totally. Um, and so, is uh, you know, the only thing is, is, the only thing about Montreal Impact, I mean, how long are they going to depend on Piatti? Piatti is like... Uh, he's been injured most of the season. Yeah. He hasn't played but, but much. He's, what, is he 33 uh, at this time, point? Time to yeah, get ready yeah. to go. He's but past his duty. The, the, best, the best team has been LAFC by far, owned yeah. by Will Ferrell. Will Farrell, who apparently is actually a huge football guy, so yeah, I can't... He's a, but for a long time he's been apparently yeah. too. Like, like he's not a Johnny Come Lately. No, right? he's like a, a serious fan. Yeah, it, he's a Chelsea supporter, but like from the like yeah. there, he has photos from when he went to see Chelsea when he was young. But LAFC uh, Vela has played incredibly well. The Mexicans have taken over totally. MLS yeah. completely. Well, well, what's going on with Minnesota United? I, I'm just noticing, like, like I said, like i got to confess. I, I, nobody knows. Yeah, i got to confess. I haven't followed this much this year, but uh, i like to see them. And but, Vancouver? Oh, my God. And Houston. Yeah, they've both been very bad. Uh, and the Galaxy are, have been up and down. Um, they, the only reason they're anywhere like that is because Ibrahimovic has been just scoring goals left, right, and center. And that's the only reason they're there. Cool. They give up a lot of goals. Tomorrow night is the first leg of the Voyager Cup, Toronto versus Montreal. Always exciting. I'm surprised we haven't made the trip to Montreal to watch a game as a neutral because it's close. It's easier for us to go see a game in Montreal than it is to go to Toronto. And I don't. I refuse to give Ottawa any money because they refuse to play in the Canadian Premier League. Yeah. Um, here, here on that, and uh, we've already had this discussion. But on, on the question of why we don't go, why don't we? Because like, we take the train. Well, we don't have to take train. We just drive. It's an easy, it's a leisurely drive. It's it's and it's easier now. But then we can city. drink. Uh, you can drink. Well, I can't drink. Well, so I, I, I don't want to drink right now. I mean, uh, but yeah, we should. We should. Uh, I, I, it's a good suggestion, and maybe we should just do our pod from the parking lot the next time over there. You know what I mean? Start asking different. Yeah, yeah, I gotta yeah. speak better. Like, we'll have to speak better French, French. by then. Yeah, for we sure. Ask for fans sure. of different sides. Uh, last but not least, we do have to just mention the CPL. Well, Steve, take, take I haven't it here, been man. I haven't been following it closely. Well, our, 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 our friend Gio must love the fact that the Forge is in first place. I think most of our listeners would prefer that the yeah, Forge yeah. is in first place. Anybody that's followed the CPL will definitely be happy. Your um, your friend that teaches at Mac. Um. Peter Graf, yeah. the well, yeah, Peter, Peter, who listens to this pod regularly, and Gio are big Forge fans, and they go to the matches quite often, from what I understand. 
So, yeah, maybe, you know, this is the thing. Guys, why don't you get your, your shit together and uh, uh, come on our pod and talk about uh, uh, your, your, your beloved Hamilton Club. Because I, I think it's about time we really start to reach out to, to uh, Canadian football fans. Cool. Final thoughts, Julian. Uh, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be talking football. Um, I made a prediction. I think that uh, I want to make a prediction that's a long-term prediction. I hate to say this because they're kind of one of my rivals, but I see Inter Milan being a very, very strong team over the next three to five years. My prediction, oh, okay, and my final thought is Lukaku's still shit. They're not going to be good until they find a better striker. Lukaku's going to score 20 goals this year, mark my words. Uh, against teams like yeah. Sassuolo. No, no, Sassuolo's a lot better than a lot. Like, they, they were in the Europa probably, League last year, uh, and they, they actually were a tough team to beat. No, no, Lukaku's going to score. Uh, listen, that's another thing. If you think the Italian league is gra- crap, you haven't been watching. No, I, I will give you that. It is a phenomenally has- good football league. It has become back where it is. It is coming slowly back to where it once was. I'd say the middle tables in Italy could very easily beat the middle teams in England. Easy, easy, easy. Uh, when you get to the bottom of the table, it gets pretty thin. But the the, uh, the football that's coming out of Italy and it is no longer tight. Closed space. It is wide open. Some of the scores last week, 4-2 between uh, 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 Roma and Sassuolo. 4-3 between Bologna and... Uh, um, uh, we didn't even Russia. mention Bologna. Bologna second in the table. Yeah, Not going to last. That, but. That's why we didn't mention them. So There is one last thing I want to say. Uh, check us out, please, uh, on, on uh, uh, Spotify. You can search us on Spotify and uh, sign up for our pod. Tell your friends, please. Follow us on Twitter, please, on uh, Bella's Curse. For those of you who follow us through the Pena, we'll be posting all kinds of details. We're also on Facebook. Uh, uh, I will post that on on the the Pena. And, uh, yeah, you can even email us at Bella, B-E-L-A dot Hootman, G-U-T-T-M-A-N-N-S dot Curse at gmail.com. And uh, we really want to get your feedback. And we're going to come calling for some of you, and uh, you're not going to say no. That's That's been the final word. That's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.